Hi, Matthew. Welcome to episode 80 of the Performance Advantage podcast, where we bring sports science to the people with myself, Dr. Will O'Connor, and Dr. Matt Miller, aka MTB PhD. We are both sports scientists, and I am a super fan of endurance sports, triathlon, Ironman, ultra running, anything that is not broadcastable on TV because it's too boring. That's what I'm into. And then Matt, he is the mountain bike guru. He is the founder and inventor of Brakeace, software and hardware to measure your braking. First in the world, big announcements coming to Kickstarter, and you can sign up on Brakeace.com. So get that early bird pre-launch special VIP ultra exclusive club deal with Matt, and you'll be in it to win it, full show. So on today's episode, episode 80, we're talking three things that can make any athlete faster so this is like the fundamentals of using sports science to make yourself faster it's like a taster to our course and this other secret course we've got going on with someone else so matt let's get into it okay matt what's our three things what's our three things to make any athlete faster number one you gotta have a plan Yep. Number two, be consistent. Yep. And number three, drum roll, Will. You're going to have to say it because I forget what it is. Say it. Review. Review. That's Feedback and reviewing your training. Only what we do every day. <laughs> and you <laughs> forgot. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So it's, it is that simple and it's not that simple. So we're going to start off. All right, Matt. It's the plan. Now, I am at fault as much as anyone for this with my own training because it's our job, right? It's, it's what we do on, on the regular, on the daily. We're, we're always planning training and kind of by the time I get to the end of the day or the start of the day or I just sit down to do my own training, I just, I can't be bothered. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know, I know what I need to do. Like I have the plan in my head, but just to, to spend the you know next hour putting structuring it all and training peaks making making sure the tss works and all that is like oh yeah I know, I know what i need to do but how does it go like when you have that plan in your head that mental plan i know how, how does, it goes <laughs> what, how, i mean how does it go how does it work out for you with your mental plan oh man yeah it's always you get you get on i put up the instagram post yesterday did you see it whereas had an absolute shocker and it really it came it comes down to the plan right so i i did this workout i went way too hard and then i gave up because i kind of burned myself out in a set of three intervals and by the third one i was i was cooked and it just came out to because i did the workout early because my zwift shut down and uh i didn't i wasn't doing it to plan and i didn't have a plan i wasn't doing it on the plan day and in the end it was just like I was out there going, what, what am I doing? And I just ran home. <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, other, other times is, is like you get up in the morning and you kind of thought you should do a 30 minute, whatever, or you should jump on Zwift, but you don't really know how that fits in to your overall plan. Like what's the main goal. And so then you just stay in bed or you get on Zwift. And you go, yeah, this is fun. Oh, there's a race happening. Or maybe I'll jump in this bunch ride. Or maybe I'll try to get this new, you know, my new PB up this climb on the sprint. And, you know, you finish a Zwift. It was supposed to be easy. You've gone hard, but not super hard. And you haven't gone hard the whole time. So you kind of don't know, really know what you've achieved out of that. And the cycle continues. Yeah, that's like gray zone stuff. We talked about the gray zone quite a bit where everyone kind of assumes that the gray zone is just like this intensity, but it could be like a lot of things. I think now, a lot of times it is that intensity where you're kind of going hard, but not too hard. It's actually a great training stimulus, but you got to remember, actually that's pretty hard. So you need to plan that as one of your hard days. And if you end up in this cycle of constantly doing this gray zone training, your training is gray, right? Cause there is no plan anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and 
So that's the that's where planning is is so important. And as as you set out your plan, the first thing you need to do is write down your key event or that that finishing point on your timeline. Oh, totally. We did this with with Steve, remember? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. How to make it was, work out for Steve. No, we made a plan for Steve and we went oh, through yeah, like how we did plan, it. Sorry. Because I forget what Steve was doing. You know, Steve he was, was doing an enduro guy. and a half marathon two weeks later. Yeah. What a great um, idea. <laughs> but we did it. We built him a plan. And that's exactly how we did it. We're like, okay, what's what does Steve want to do? And that's where we started. Like, okay, now let's work backwards. We know what he wants to do. He has this mountain bike race this day, this running race this day. Here's where we are today. All right, we got this much time. Let's do it. That's right. So fundamentally, what you need to do is you find that end point. Generally, it's a race. It's pretty much always going to be a race. So you find your race and then you go, where am I now? And obviously, there's a block of time in between that. If it's one week, you kind of don't have any time. Let's, let's, let's hope it's at least 12 weeks or three months. That's generally off of you know, the training plans I sell and the amount of people you know, who have come to me over the last few years, it's generally going to be no shorter than eight weeks, right? But generally eight to 16 weeks is about what I get, uh, unless it's um, and, you know, a super significant 100-mile run, uh, which is pretty crazy, or an Ironman. So you've got, you know, you've got three months, let's say. What you need to know is where are you right now? Like where, where are you in your training? Are you rolling off the couch? Or are you coming in just kind of a bit cooked? Yeah, it's going to be a totally different approach, right? Depending on where you're at. So if you're, if you've been training already for three months, well, that's a really different plan for Steve or for whoever leading into this event for the next three months. If you've done nothing, different again. If you're totally smoked, well, maybe your plan actually needs to start with some rest. Yeah. So what? I don't know about you, Matt, but from my experience, people are coming in having trained for a little while and they're just kind of at a loss of, of what to do. Not necessarily, they're kind of plateaued and they're like, I don't really, like I've been training, I've been running and riding and swimming or, you know, hitting the trails, whatever. And they're just like, I'm ready to, to rip into something a bit more structured, um, tailored to my plan. So we're just going to assume, because if you're cooked, if you're tired, have a break and then start your plan. So really the plan is going to be the same. It's just how it starts. It's going to be slightly different. And so if you, you're coming in and you're, and you're fit, you know, but how fit. And the first thing always, Matt, I'm setting, I'm setting people up with, with their zones, with their threshold. And we just got that, we've got to draw that line in the sand. So we know what we're going to do to plan. Yeah, like uh, I guess the best way to do that is to head out and do a, like a time trial or something. I don't know what kind of time trials you guys do. Cyclists, mountain bikers, we always do the FTP. Right? Yeah. And we talked about how to do FTP in uh, our power meter episodes. And from that, you get two things. You get where are you at now, which is super important because you're going to train to get better than where you're at now. And if you don't know where you're at, you're just guessing. So you get that. And then you also can set your training zones, whether it's power or heart rate, based on what you do in your FTP test. So now you got, um, you know where you're at, so you can build from there. And you also know kind of how to structure things uh, based on what your, your coach gives you or, or whatever uh, every day, you know what intensity to be at. Yeah. Yeah. So in running, uh, if they have power, they are still pretty new, but I set them up with the the Dr. Will's one and 5k test and the calculator on my website. So that's 1k and then 5k, which is generally like park run. Otherwise it's, it's, I'm always um, prescribing park run or a 5k. Um, ideally it would be a 10k, like six mile, uh, but no one wants to run for like 40 minutes all out when they're just getting, getting into things. Uh, I asked a few people and they're like, if you wrote it down, I'd do it. But <laughs> uh, you got to 
you got to think about how smoked you're going to be after oh, doing man, that like, as well. to get someone into training like into a training plan by doing one of the hardest what i consider like one of the hardest running climb trials or like running distances is not the great way but to do something that's around 20 minutes similar to the ft standard ftp test it's it's all good otherwise uh if i'm not too concerned about pace zones like especially for trail runners and, and we're getting into some base training or something i'll set something up where it's like a, i know it's going to be about 20 minutes uphill and i'll get them to run for at least half an hour building up to like um you know a steady state sort of top zone two bottom of zone three before they rip straight into like the 20 minute all out and i can take that 20 minute average heart rate and that and dictate their threshold from there just to ensure really that from then on we're getting into heart rate based training so well um yeah with the with the 5ks obviously i just think it's such a a great distance and time duration to to give you an indication of your overall like physiology and where you're where you're standing right there yeah one of the things that you said is about the athletes that come to you that are totally smoked and i don't know if it's just cyclists or mountain i don't know but i see it a lot someone comes to me <laughs> because they're totally smoked yeah so i'll be there looking through their training and be like, hmm, when's the last time you had a rest? So I have this pre-training questionnaire before we even get into it. You fill that out. I have a look at all these things. Then I look at your training peaks. Like, okay, when actually you haven't had rest in like three years, <laughs> right? And we talk about it then when we meet up, uh, you know, on Zoom or whatever and say, well, do you think you could take a break before we do this training? Like, oh, Really? that'd be so hard. I've never had, yeah, I know you haven't had one. That's why you need one. So normally what we end up agreeing on is that me as the coach builds in as the first section of the training rest, which sounds so counterintuitive. I've done it so many times though, because actually rest is an incredibly important, often overlooked part of actually training, right? You think of that word training, you have a plan, rest, it's an important part of that. And if you don't do it now, you're going to need it later. And you don't want to need it when you don't want to need it. Yeah, be proactive rather than reactive is what I always say. And I think that's, if you know, when we're thinking about the plan, and if you're listening to this, you're like, oh, great. This is exactly what I need. I was, I was planning to put a plan in place. Uh, where what's so important is to put those rest. So you know you're like giving yourself a psychological out as well where you go, oh, it's okay this week to, to not have to get up at 5 a.m. or, you know, squeeze this run in at lunchtime or get on get on the trainer at like at 7 p.m. once I've come back from that meeting. It's it's like, this is my week off. Yeah. And it needs to be, it's, it's not one of those things where you think, okay, I've got a rest week. So the more I do here is bonus training. It's, I know <laughs> the, the, the more you do here is undoing all the hard work of the previous uh, three, four, whatever weeks. So what I've started trying to call it, Matt, is adaptation week, not recovery week. Mm, that's a good yeah. idea. And so I've called it adaptation week because without recovery, we don't have adaptation. Without adaptation, we don't have, you know, progress. And we don't, don't actually have training, <laughs> right? <laughs> A hard workout isn't training, right? Anyone can invent the most brutal hard workout. Last night, I went out with some of the boys and we did stair running, right? Totally unstructured. I didn't say anything about myself being like a professional coach or anything like that. I was just like, all right, let's see what we do. It was brutal. Lasted about 15 minutes until, you know, my heart rate got up to 208 beats per minute. It was insanely hard. 15 minutes, we're all just kind of sitting there, kind of done, ready to go home. And I don't know how I'm going to feel today. I haven't done much walking around or anything, but I'll go for a ride later and see how we feel. But yeah, I mean, that's not really part of a plan. <laughs> <laughs> no. And so with a plan, Matt, if you got like three months, pretty much 12 weeks, how would you, on the basic, basic standard athlete, how would you lay it out? 
Like, what are you going to put in place? Mm, yeah, well, I guess it kind of depends what they've done before. Now this guy, no, yeah. it depends. <laughs> this, uh, no, we want hard and fast answers, man. Don't try. I mean, do you want me to put my up. bro science hat on or my <laughs> professional coach hat on? Uh, it totally depends on what they've done. But uh, you know, some might start with hard stuff and then lead into easy stuff. Some might start with the easy stuff and lead into hard stuff. It really, really all depends because what you want to do is you want to train your weaknesses. Yeah. So what are they? Well, let's figure it out. Yeah. yeah. That's the part How that do you figure that out? Well, if you're doing 30 seconds on 30 seconds off three times a week for the last eight years, <laughs> it's probably not something we need to work on. Yeah. So that's, I think, I think people know their weaknesses, you know, often I, know. I, I can review someone's training uh, through training peaks um, and it's not even necessarily maybe that I can see that they have a, have a weakness, but what I'll do is I'll draw up um, their peaks. So I'll do, depends on where we are in the year. Um, I'll do kind of last six months and last year and see what's their, peak um if we're looking at running what's their peak 1k uh what's their peak 5k 20 minute 10 minute you know and heart rate and power and, and pace and when there's a very very shallow line between kind of like a two minute effort to a 20 minute effort i'll flick back through their training and go you know where where was the last time you did if it's under three minutes you know, it's, it's five minutes or longer. I was like, well, there's, there's adaptation to be found here. There's stimulus to be found. And, uh, and so then that's about, okay, we need to do that. And it does not fit with the last block of a marathon training cycle. You know, that's where we can do some more hefty marathon workouts. So that's where we're going to do it now. And well, that's probably the easiest way, right? Is to have a look and see where are your peaks? yeah that's yeah um definitely and for mountain bikers it's usually the opposite kind of thing where they can go hard for one minute or 15 seconds and then their 20 minute power is like oh yeah we this is where we're going to focus our time right so we can we can figure that out pretty quickly yeah so from there i'm i'm trying to include pretty much just one if we're looking at the standard athlete they've got the weekends and they for the for their big stuff yeah so there's an endurance run ride whatever something long two hours plus that needs to be done and then during the week got to find that day that's going to fit best for that that hard high intensity short duration session and then depending on yeah where they're at if it's a marathon if it's a 5k if it's an ultra marathon whatever it is, it's going to be some specific base session on Saturday or Sunday, generally Saturday. So then they can follow up with the long endurance effort on, on I Sunday. I love that combo. Love that combo. <laughs> it's, it's a staple. It's a staple. <laughs> Monday's easy. Um, generally, and then we've got kind of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to play around with Friday. Again, needs to be easy leading into the weekend. Um, it's the end of the week as well. Some people are a bit cooked. So that's kind of the structure. You set that out, you've got your plan, you're ensuring that there's recovery incorporated into it. There is a plan. And the next part, Matt, which is I always, always try to get people to do is, is it realistic? Yeah, like, can you do this every week? Well, that's important, and, right? Yeah, well, because uh, I'll, you know, people come to us, Matt, and they go, yeah, I want to plan, I want to do this. Okay, cool. Scroll through training peaks or Strava or whatever training log they have. Yeah, okay. So there's one week of eight hours. So, all right, TSS normally about this or whatever. So you start putting, you know, okay, we're going to build up. So we might build from seven to, to 10 hours in the, in the final, if we had a three-week block with a one-week recovery at the end. And uh, they're like, seven hours, I can do that. I'm like, well, actually, over the last 10 weeks, your average is six hours. <laughs> And you've consistently planned for 10 hours, achieved that once, consistently done around seven and average six. So, yeah, well, okay. This leads perfectly into our next point, right? Which is consistency. All oh, right. Yes. 
So Matt, consistency. When we talk about consistency, uh, I I think it can be a bad thing as much as it can be a good thing, because one trap I've fallen into when considering consistency is that I I'm tired, right? And I know I probably shouldn't do the the hard session or even a session at all. I should just stay in bed or chill out for the day. But instead, I think. Well, my training needs to be consistent. If I miss the session, not only does training peaks go red, but I lose my consistency. I lose that consistent Wednesday hard session or my weekend long run, and now I'm no longer consistent, and consistency is the key. What do you yeah, have to say to that? Well, remember, you got to think of consistency long term. It's not what you do tomorrow. It's not what you did yesterday. It's actually a combination of what you did yesterday and what you do tomorrow and then what you do next week and the week after. So if you miss one in the grand scheme of things, it's like forgetting to eat, um, forgetting one coffee, you know, when you have six coffees <laughs> a day, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Did, yeah. So at that, I know I was just um, presenting an example of, um, of a thought line I've had before. And yeah, well, it's hard because especially high-performing athletes are usually really type A personalities where everything is by the book. And if you miss one thing, your life is over. And I was just having a discussion with an athlete just yesterday. We were talking about, okay, how can we restructure your training so you can be consistent for longer? And normally what we do is we train in three-week blocks and then we have a recovery week. So the question is, okay, why do we need that recovery week? Well, it's because you're bloody tired, right? And you, if you went four or five weeks training like that, you couldn't maintain it. So, it's, okay, how can we keep you consistent for 12 weeks straight or 18 weeks straight? So the answer to that is that we need to pull back a little bit so we can keep training for 12 weeks straight. And, you know, you can look at consistency in a few different ways, and it could be three weeks on, one week off kind of thing, or, you know, you could do that 12 weeks straight and consistency is relative to itself, right? So it's relative to what you did last week or it's relative to what you did last block. Um, and it's about building on what you did and not what everyone else did. So Will, for you, if you miss a, a session on the weekend, I mean, that's okay. You can keep going, right? And this is where having the plan fits into the consistency because without a plan, and I mentioned like at times I've not had a plan, you, you don't have that long-term goal to go, okay, well this, oh, I've got five more weekend long runs before my taper. Well, that is, that's more than enough. And you can look back at, if you're doing an event that you've done before, a lot of us will probably be seasoned athletes that are redoing a marathon or an ultra or a mountain bike series or something and you can look back and go oh you know i missed a lot of workouts last time around and i ended up fine you know nothing um completely derailed my event and i didn't i wasn't you know 10 kgs or 15 pounds overweight and unable to to get up the hill it's uh it's about having so that plan and then getting figuring out what consistency is for you and what it is long term i guess yeah so will if you miss your weekend long run and you don't have a plan you know you kind of have a loose plan and you're like okay next week i need to uh, hit it hard right after this weekend long run i need to hit it hard next week you miss that weekend long run what do you do when you're changing things on the fly in the uh, week do you try and jam it in do you try and you know miss an intense run because then yeah. you change the plan right exactly and so, that plan was made to be consistent on itself yeah and that's there's such it's it's one of the hard parts it's one of it's one of the reasons why coaches are so valuable if you're working one-on-one -on -one with someone you should go i missed sunday's long run this is super important because we're four weeks out from the event and uh, I needed, this is until like from now on, we're, we're tapering off and this is going to be the longest run of my plan. 
and and now I can't do it. And so that's where you, you get on the phone and you contact your, your coach and you can say, how can we how can we make this work? I've got, you know, I start late on Wednesday mornings, could we fit it in there? Yes, restructure the plan. You only miss a few days, like we're only restructuring a few days. And and that's how the plan can be flexible enough to fit that long run in. Now for me, Matt, if I miss that long run and I don't really have the plan, I'll think, you know what? I was planning to to like chill out next weekend and we're getting three weeks out. And I normally wouldn't run long three weeks out, but I know I can run pretty long three weeks out. And so then I'll push it to the to the next weekend. And honestly, I'd probably forget to really critique why I missed the long run. You know, because in the end, I always say getting on the start line fresh and motivated without any niggles is the is the key, right? Performance, optimal performance is the goal. And sometimes that doesn't correlate with optimal fitness. So getting to the start line is is the main goal. And so I'll often I'll forget that. And I'll think optimal fitness, which comes from optimal training, is the end goal, forgetting about my event, thinking that my week needs to look a certain way, my mileage, my TSS, my hours, my days per week, all needs to look a certain way leading into a specific event in order for that event to go well. And that's where that's where not having the plan or not even having a plan to review my training on a weekly basis um, or talk it over with my wife or you is like, yeah, is a downfall. So, so that's what I'll do, Matt. I'll probably just push it to the next weekend or try and jam it in during the week. Um, and at times that's a good idea. Uh, at times it's, it's definitely been a bad idea because I, I know, I know every single time the fresher I am, the faster I race every single time, every definitely single time. And part of that comes from like that mindset. You've must've seen this, Matt, where you, you finish an event um, or a season, you know, there's generally like that big event where you have your, your recovery afterwards, you chill out, drink a few beers, eat a few, few chocolates. And, uh, and then it's like, all right, I'm starting fresh now I am like bottom of the barrel unfit and I now need to work my way all the way back up to full fitness uh whereas we know like that that's just not the reality the reality is you've potentially lost very, very little fitness and uh, maybe only like a little bit of the top end like anaerobic capacity so I mean, it can go the other way. And I've been dealing with that with a few athletes now. Uh, you know, one coming off of a break, heads into the pre-training time trial, can't even finish it, right? So that's, you know, a, another thing. But then also I had another athlete recently has been sick and that's bound to happen, right? Yes. And so whether it's, you know, you can't, you don't want to train while you're sick, obviously. I mean, that, that should be obvious, right? But some people do, and then you get more sick and you stay sick for longer, but you might have a week where you're just under the weather, can't train. So how does that fit in for consistency? Because we know that when you do come back, you're going to feel like crap for a few days, but then after a few days back onto it, good as new. But in terms of consistency, how does, how does sickness fit in, do you think? Well, again, it's, it's being critical of the reason you're missing your training. So if that's tiredness, if that's poor organization, um, if it's just work or if it's sickness, what's caused all, all of these things? Because uh, if it's sickness, then what caused the sickness? Like, was it just randomly, you know, you got COVID or... Yeah, I mean, it could be just a virus, right? Uh, or did you um, did you get run down, and why did you get run down? And well, we're Type A personalities, right? Majority of us, and 
I know a lot of the, the 99% of the people I work with are just high performing individuals. You could say, sit down and somehow they'll do that productively. <laughs> you, like they just like, it's you're, you're on. Okay. If you're not yeah. sleeping, you're on. And even like we, Matt, we're so type A, we like take sleeping professionally, sleep hygiene, blue light filters, sleep tracking, heart rate tracking during the sleep. Like how many times did you wake? How active were you? REM sleep time. Like that's how, that's how hardcore like we are. So we know we've overdone something and it's like, was that, was it training? And in training, as we've said previously, it's, it's not an isolation. It all, it all fits into that, that big plan. And that's why I always try and get an idea of what people have coming up. You know, are you going on holiday? Uh, what are you doing over Easter? What are you doing over the long weekend? Like, are you going away with your family? You know, if you're like me, if you've got to drive more than two hours, you're wrecked. wrecked. And you'll be sick for, for the next year if you have to drive two hours. It's exactly. <laughs> some, some things are just more taxing for other people. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's, it's factoring all of that stuff in to ensure you can get consistency. And when you... When consistency doesn't happen, you need to look at why, what's derailed it, and then plan for that in the future. Like what were the key warning signs? I put up an article recently about my red flag system. And so that's around what are, the, what are your red flags? What do you identify with that have generally led to you missing training? Because if you can catch those things early, one session, yeah, not a big deal. One session in, in a month, one session in 365 days, it's it's not affecting your consistency. One week in bed, that is big time. And where does that fall? I often see it fall probably within the month of the event uh, for athletes doing what I just talked about and chasing those sessions. Like I know, like we're ta- well, we're tapering soon, and tapering is like not training. And not training is getting unfit. So my taper equals me getting unfit. And if I don't push my limits right up until the point at which I taper slash get unfit, I'm going to be like super unfit. Yeah. Yeah. So when when do you think, though, that you, so if you zoom out and then you look at consistency and maybe you're not able to hit those consistency marks, which we believe is one of the most important parts of training. When do we know that we need to change the plan? Do you mean the plan moving forward or, you know, to, to, to account for whatever's happened or the, the plan overall? Like, look, we got this wrong. Like, I'm, yeah, I guess I'm just thinking to hit consistency, right? So, you know, you know how life is, right? You might get thrown curveballs for two, three weeks straight. And that's the reason why you weren't able to be consistent. Um, and then, okay, you look at that and lack of consistency. What is the reason for the lack of consistency? What can we change? And how do we know when it is the training that's causing that lack of consistency or that it's the lack of consistency is a result of kind of everything? And then which part do we change, right? Yeah. Okay. So my thoughts on, on that are when I have things coming at me, you know, work, travel, family, I'll look at my week. Hopefully I have planned it and I'll go, what's key here? Like things I'm starting to get overwhelmed by time constraints and, you know, just life. And training's not going to be as effective as it can be. I need to do this long run. This is, I have an ultra marathon. I can't just run two aerobic runs, be overtired by the weekend and get two hours of a five-hour long run. And just generally, that, then that's like that gray zone. Like it's not gray zone intensity. It's just gray training. It has no real purpose and doesn't really fit the plan. So I need to think, okay, 
I can push to get everything out of the way. I can clear my schedule by Friday, 4 p.m. I can go for a little jog. And then that's going to really open up my weekend to get up early, be fresh, target a five-hour run, and then lie on the couch. Right, so, or, or it's whatever that key session is, that's why I look at and I try, it's, it's like putting your key event in the calendar and working backwards from that. It's the same kind of thing. I think we're, yeah, you're right. Like life is just, is just happening to us all, obviously. And it's how do we react with that? Um, and if you, if you have a coach, you can work with them to try and offload some of that mental stress of trying to figure it out. Otherwise, if you're working with yourself or your own, or you've, you know, just have an off-the-shelf plan, that's where you can, that's going to be the key is just what's the main session? What, what's the main goal? And just going back to, like you said, Matt, like how does that fit in overall with the main goal? Yeah. What, what uh, one, of the, one of the things that I had to do recently is had a new athlete come on board and we looked at all the evidence of the past training said, okay, this is what we want to achieve. And I think that if we stick with this plan, we can achieve it. So we laid out the plan for however many weeks and went well for the first few weeks. And then after that, life got in the way. Right. And then life got in the way, life got in the way, life got in the way. So it was about constantly changing the plan as we went and stripping it back quite a lot. And by the time we were nine, 10, 12 weeks in, the plan looked a lot different than it did when we first started. And it was all about aiming for that consistency. Um, so the plan looked great to start, but wasn't, wasn't manageable. So we had this just strip it right back to the bare bones, the further we got into it. And that is what's led to the most consistency. Um, yeah, so I have an, need to fit in. an article I wrote a few years ago, actually, when the, this um, buzz term minimalistic training came in. And uh, I titled my article Minimalistic Training or Volume Appropriate Training. And so this, the, it was around Ironman and triathlon because they're chronically overtrainers. And it was this um, gold standard of 20 hours a week, generally thrown around for Ironman training. And uh, I talked about what, like what you just introduced, Matt, was like, you know, you sit down, you write the plan or you get a plan out of the book and you think, this is me. You know, this is what I can do. You go in hard Monday to, to Sunday and then you're tired. Next week, you are starting to, you know, by Thursday, maybe you've missed an early morning swim. Like, oh, no worries, like, that happens. And then by week three, you're starting to, Put out some subpar performances, miss a couple more sessions, be generally really, really tired. And then by week four, it's it's a mess. Like you've already missed one of your long sessions in the weekend. And so then you've then you try and push back. Maybe you try and go a bit harder in some of the sessions. And now you've essentially diverged from the original plan. And that was in, in chasing your hourly goals or your weekly TSS or some gold standard. Uh, and then if we, for Ironman at least, what I put together was you start really simple, like the basics of what you can do, two swims, two runs, two rides. You do that and you do that for four weeks, like you said, you know, whoa, I'm still too tired to even do that mm. effectively. And then within your long weekends or um, hopefully you can, you know, you've flexible work arrangements, you get a Friday or a Monday off. Every few weeks you target these massive weekends. You absolutely thrash yourself and then you chill out for a week. And that's where you get that overall stimulus for something big like an Ironman or an ultra marathon or like a two, three day enduro stage race. But trying to train for that amount every single week while you have a family and a nine to five, not even a nine to five job. No one has those anymore. They're just 24 seven jobs, right? If you're, if you're putting your phone on airplane mode from 5 PM till 9 AM, then good on you but we're not like i said i could tell someone to sit down for an hour and that would be productive and so so that's is it is it minimalistic training is it not enough training or is it volume appropriate 
for you. And that's where that's where we will get into now review and feedback, the third part, because that's how you're going to figure that out. Cool. All right, quick pause. I just want to remind you guys that we have our sports science courses live on performanceadvantagepodcast.com. We have three courses that are continuing education units for USA Triathlon. And actually, we're going big on a few of our courses. So go ahead and check those out. So we have one on using a power meter and mountain biking, another course on using a power meter and running, and another massive one on using sports science to train more effectively. So we're giving you $30 off. Go check that out now on performanceadvantagepodcast.com. That's right. Use the code POWER30 for $30 off. And that massive one, one of the modules, I think module five, is around planning your training and planning a season. So that's going to be an effective way to take away what we're learning here. All right. So, Will, feedback. What, what are we talking about? Are you big on comments? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, I'll tell you what's better than comments is pick up the phone, right? No. Pick up the phone. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm saying no, because I love to go back when, when I'm working, either with, even with myself, but more so with other athletes that I've worked with for a long time, and we're redoing events, like, um, you know, like a big ultra or a marathon or a season, a road season, um, athletic season that we've targeted before. And we can look back at the comments about, like, you know, look... Look at how every all of these key words that I identify with, like fresh, fast, light, springy, um, enjoyed, hard but fun, versus tired, struggled, heavy legs, couldn't complete. Like there's all these, you know those, right? They must ring bells. Well, yeah, that, those definitely ring bells because I was one of your coaches on Training Peaks and I had the notifications turned on and I would get a freaking notification every day about your long-winded stories about your sessions. <laughs> I know you love the comments and they're great because we can go back to them and read them anytime. And like, if you think about what you had, um, what you did in your training session three weeks ago on Tuesday, well, I got no idea, you know? <laughs> But if you can go back and on your training peaks, be like, okay, here's all my data, my heart rate, my power. Oh, I felt like shit. There we go. Like that's, that's good feedback for coach. Right. Yeah. And so there's the comments, but then there's obviously just having the record to review and I'll go back when I'm feeling, especially before ultra marathons, because they're such big events. And you always think, you know, how can I, how can I run for a hundred kilometers? That is just absurd. I haven't done enough training. There's no way. And I'll go back and I'll look and, uh, you know, I think last time I did that PB or that really good race, I hit every single, I was just flying, you know, everything was going well. And I'll go back and there'll be reds, there'll be yellows. You know, we're talking about training peaks uh, here and I'll read the comments and there was, had to call it early like skipped this busy day, traveling to Auckland today, um, will will attempt to do tomorrow, and then it's red tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, my life is my life. You know, I am who I am. It's just history repeats itself. And it gives me a lot of confidence to know like I, I absolutely smashed it. And seeing those comments there, like I'll put notes for future me. Yeah. Right? Like this is, Less is more. Do not try and do more from now on. Like, um, and uh, I've even I've even put a comment for Tatawera Ultra next year, like in twenty twenty two. Yeah, in next wow. year's thing to Matt. You gave me um, shit about uh, like Swift being, races. Well, yes, you always come <laughs> Yes, but uh, not taking enough water because I wanted to be light. Ah, oh, yeah, right? yeah, and. Uh, I put, I put that because I, I didn't want it to affect, like, just take more water. Just don't even consider, like, trying to be light and fast and because, as it turned out, I ended up hotter than, than anticipated and I ran out of water and that could have been a contributing factor to me ending up in a medical tent. Whatever. But that's, you know, because um, without those comments, without being able to review that, how do you how do you really know how do you remember 
Yeah, I think it's good. Comments are obviously great for the negative stuff. Okay, what can we work on? This didn't go great. We can always be improving. That's what training is, always looking for improvement. But also at the same time, I think we need to make comments about the things that went well, right? Because not everything goes poorly. We're not horrible every time. And it's good to be able to look back and be like, yep, I had that dialed. And then that gives you this freedom. You free yourself in a way to not stress that part of it. I think that's really good. I, so it's really easy for us to be really critical on ourselves. But oh, yeah. let's also be positive on ourselves and say, yeah, I nailed that. And I did this really well. So, you know, for us, um, we teach about the five pillars of quick analysis. Uh, look at the averages, look at the duration. And then the final one is look at the comments. So when we're going through training it with our athletes, comments are a huge part of that. And it kind of uh, is a way to capstone what we see in some of the data when we're looking at that to see, okay, what, what can we improve? What went well? And how can we use this information moving forward? Matt, if an athlete's coming to you, fresh, like you haven't worked with them before, what are some of the points you use to review their training? So let's say like comments are amazing for to, to look back on um, and to use in reviewing your training. And so we've spoken to those, but now if we want to review, like actually review training, what do you do? Um, well, I go back as far as I possibly can. I look for what, how's the consistency? And then I also go into some of the biggest workouts, for example. So one of the workouts with the highest training stress. Yeah. And I say, okay, why was this such a big workout? What did we do uh, that made this so hard? And I'll look at the peaks, obviously. So a lot of people are spending lots of time in zone five early on and petering off in zone three and just thrashing themselves the whole time. So we'll be able to look at those peaks and those averages uh, for heart rate and power and get, get a real good handle on why are some of these workouts so big. And that's definitely one of the, the things I spend the most time doing. Okay. So I would, I go through and look at weekly volume. Yeah. Like, so that's weekly hours, kilometers, time, like sports and test training stress score. So look through that and I look through what was consistent. And then I will look through like, yeah, the, the peaks, but across a three to six month period. So, um, and I'll try and compare periods as well. So I'll have a look and see what's been the peak heart rate, what's been the peak running pace, um, cycling power, running power output. And to see where where their training has been situated you know because like with this gray zone stuff that we've talked about and people not having a plan and and then reverting to this middle consistency i'll see this real convergence on this that gray zone of from 90 minute peak power to 20 minute or even five minute peak power or peak pace and you're like, there's no differentiation here. There should be huge differentiation here. If you were even just basing it off the, the regal factor, which is the 8% like decay, which is just like the, the average that everyone uses. If you ever use like a, a marathon predictor or a power output predictor over time, they just use like this 8% decay. Well, this is like 1% or 2% across an hour. And so then I know we need to start polarizing the training. And then like, then I look at time and zones. Have they spent any time in like where where is all their training been situated over the last kind of three months or whatever? And that then gives me an idea of who the athlete is. You know, Matt, we've we've been doing this for like a decade now. And so you get a that IP, that that intellectual property you build up of of these profiles of athletes you have just by looking at their training peaks or if you, if they don't have training peaks, you can go on Strava and you can see, okay, I know who would, I know generally who we're dealing with here. And so I know now how to move forward. Yeah. And one of the, one of the things that I do is I go into the dashboard on training peaks and you can yep. see all the training charts. Yeah. And 
big one for me when I'm first getting started with someone trying to get a good picture on who they are is the um, performance management charts, which has, so every workout gets a TSS score that's based on how intense, uh, based on your intensity and your threshold. So every workout gets that and they add up. So they add up uh, over time to increase your fitness. And we're able to look at what your fitness is, what your fatigue is, because as fitness goes up, fatigue also goes up. So we're able to look at these charts with a scatter of all your workouts. So then from that, we're able to see how tired you are now and then where these crazy workouts kind of fit in. Like, okay, that one was a little too crazy. Then you did nothing. This one was crazy, then did nothing. And this is why you've totally plateaued. So we're able to see that from just this one chart with all this data. And then we're able to go in and look a little bit further at specific workouts. Uh, and I have my chart set up to show two years. So I can look back on any athlete's two-year training um, just to see how we fit in today. And then we can project forward using that. Yeah, they, uh, that one's really good for, for looking at training cycles because you can, you can see a lot of the time when someone hasn't had a, a coach or even a, a training plan for yet like two years it's just this random allotment of peaks and valleys that don't really center around anything in particular and then just this massive peak where there's the the event and then this massive valley where they're like i'm gonna stop for a bit and (laughs) smiling uh, now because i identify with that so much (laughs) you've just had a month (laughs) off haven't you Yeah. yeah yeah so no one's no one's immune not even, yeah. not even Dr. Matt Miller. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Uh, so what, what can we provide? What kind of information can we provide here, Matt, that for someone who's, who doesn't have a coach, they have that they've, we've talked through getting a plan and they're like, yeah, I'm going to write my plan. Um, I'm going to ensure that I'm going to start with consistency first. So I'm going to set a, an appropriate training volume. that's going to be consistent, but now these guys are talking about reviewing. So I need a review to figure out what is going to be consistent for me. What are the, like, if we had three to five, Matt, you got five, five fingers on your hand or four fingers and a thumb. Yeah. Go, go work, work through them. What are the, what are some of the things an, an athlete can look at to, to help build to this consistent plan? Okay. Definitely write comments about when you feel really badly. And when a workout doesn't go to plan and really dig into it and say why it didn't go to plan. So you can use that feedback moving forward. I would look at all your peaks, especially in your group rides and make sure that your group rides haven't been turning into pseudo races where you're just taking a lot of breaks. So what do, what do you mean by peaks? What peaks are we looking Uh, at? Well, you know, I'm a power guy, so I'd be looking at power meter stuff, but obviously heart rate goes along with that. Get a power meter, get a heart rate monitor. Look at both of them. I would say. So the, so the peak, so if I'm looking at um, the peak, so I've got, yeah, group run, group ride, and you're, you're telling me to look at the peaks. Yeah, because... look at your five-minute power, look at your one-minute power, and how, how much do these deviate from your average power? So if your goal was to ride in zone two and you spent five minutes in zone five, that wasn't a zone two ride, and that is going to affect your consistency. Okay, cool. So that's peaks. And that's um, for me, just because no one, no one sprints in a long run, you know, if we're doing a group long run, no one's like, I'm going to be the first to the top of this hill. Oh, really? No, you just can't. You just like, you know, if you're sitting out for three hours, the last thing you want to do is absolutely box yourself for five minutes in the middle of it because you're not freewheeling down the other side of the hill wow why are runners so smart i never even thought that like that makes a lot of sense that's great that is, mountain bikers don't do that oh yeah <laughs> so, well yeah because mountain bikers that. sit and have a packed lunch at the top of the climb and they're like oh yeah you ready to smash this downhill uh but the thing runners do matt is you start off you're like all right just, yeah, easy start yeah cool okay we've got the first climb so we start running a bit too hard because obviously it's a climb and I don't want to be the slow person. I don't want to show that I'm unfit. So I'll just keep pushing. Now I've, I've gone too hard and I've gone too hard too early, but that's fine. I don't want to slow down because, you know, that's cheating or showing weakness and that's, that's not who I am. So I'll just keep pushing on because it's all right. I'll make it. <laughs> now my heart rate's a little bit high and, but I've still got a couple of hours to go. So I'll just, I'll just keep pushing on because that other 
person I'm running with looks like they're doing it pretty easy and we're still conversational like it's still conversational it's not that hard it's not that hard and that continues on until your your heart rate so that's where you're not really looking at like a peak one minute or any five minute even you're looking at like peak 20 30 minute like why was that top zone three when this was a zone two run but Matt average just because of the, the nature of when you started and then you probably like got real tired and, and chilled out near the end after you you know stopped for a drink or went to the toilet and everyone's kind of started back up quite a lot slower than they finished the the previous couple hours so for that last hour so you look at the average you're like yeah 150 my zone two is 145 to 156 easy and then you look and you're like oh okay so what what did i do here anyway that's it that's the peaks looking at the yeah. peaks how do they fit in um with with what you in terms of generally your aerobic stuff eh yeah yeah totally okay and so what yeah. was that was that two or three that was two I, I only have one more and that's to look at the duration and make sure you're hitting those duration marks like if you have a a two-hour rod planned and you go out for five hours and you thrash yourself the whole time obviously it doesn't fit so look look at the duration and make sure you're hitting that duration mark uh you know get get your session at least yellow right <laughs> which is i'm not sure how many percent that needs to be within but get a yellow preferably I have green. plenty of athletes that will tell you the the exact percentages are allowed to go over or under in uh, order yeah, for it yeah. to go different well, colors some athletes you need to plan it in because you know they're going to go over right <laughs> i'll pull that back a little bit <laughs> uh the other one i would put is the the weekly volumes training oh uh, yeah yeah so just look back and have a look for when you know you did uh, a general amount of training, nothing major, you were just ticking along. What were you doing? And then what were you doing on average leading into your, um, you know, the, the let's say the quote unquote big block of training or the, the most effective or what were you doing over the Christmas New Year when you had time? And, and look at those two things and then look at what you've planned. So, so using Matt's advice, you, you look through and you know, look, running for five hours, thrashing myself, that's not, that's not the goal. That's not the goal here. I need to reset that. And then, well, if I already put this hard session in and this long session in the weekend, I'm already at 300 TSS. And I average 350. So I either, this either needs to be a bigger week with another session or that's it, or I need to re, you know reduce this long ride and, and add in another one. Um, so those are the, those are really the the things you can do, right, Matt? Yeah, it sounds good to me. And then for a plug for us, I'd say buy a plan. You know, like even if you're not going to use it, you can at least use the coach's knowledge who's put it together to help you build your skeleton so you go okay i can see what they've done here you know even if you're buying i've got some four-week ones matt just like base phase ones and um i have base phase one two three build phase prep phase final four that i put together and really i've just designed them so that someone could get the, the overall structure and while yeah. the specific workouts yeah that they're, they're helpful and they work but they might not work for that person who has group trainings and and, and the athletics track isn't nearby or whatever but at least it shows you that, okay, if I'm going to train four to five days a week, well, I can see how like Dr. Will O'Connor has laid this out in the best case scenario or MTB PhD has, has, has done this with like, with the idea of optimal performance in mind. So that's, yeah. I think that's a great start. Yeah, I think so. I have a free one on mtbphd.com. You get three weeks training and there's training every day and every session is prioritized. So if you have more time, obviously you get in more sessions. If you have less time, you obviously hit those key sessions, right? And they're split up perfectly. So that one's totally free. And it's a really good place to start because you can see what someone would be doing if they actually had seven days to train. So you probably don't have seven days to train. So you're going to probably do uh, prioritize days one, two, and three or something like that. And then obviously I have the plan that builds on from that and you can purchase that after the free one uh but yeah the free one's been really popular so check that out all right matt 
So that's us for how to become faster in any sport. It is setting out a plan. It is being consistent, measuring consistency, and then reviewing uh, your, your feedback and your past training to ensure that you're moving forward and you're staying on top of things. Cool. Catch you next time. All right. Thanks, Matt.